Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 36 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, we have my usual co-host, Matthew Aguilar. Yep. Uh, producer Jim Viscardi is back with us. Hello, hello. And you haven't met her on the podcast yet, but you've read plenty of stuff she's read on comicbook.com, or she's written on comicbook.com, rather. Jamie Jirek is here with us. Hello. And today, you're here because... We, you were very excited about uh, our main topic today, which is that Agents of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back. And so we're going to be breaking down the final season premiere of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But that's not, I mean, I called that our main story, but it's also not our main story. It's, <laughs> it's the second main story. I mean, it wasn't story until yesterday we got a big announcement that Mr. Henry Cavill is stepping back into those Superman tights once again, but not necessarily in the way we necessarily thought he would. So we're going to talk about all of that because why be done with DC at this point? Let's keep going. Plus, HBO Max is here. and We're going to talk about if you even care about that. We were hoping maybe Umbrella Academy was going to drop a trailer by the time we recorded this, but it doesn't look like that's happened yet. So we're <laughs> going to talk about the Tenet trailer, which also screwed up our recording session last week. So we're going to get that in here this week. Talk in maybe Umbrella Academy next week when that's finally out. And we're going to talk about a new Star Wars comic that we were kind of excited for and is now here. So we guys are going to get you, we're going to get you the skinny on Dr. Afra. So we're going to talk about all this fun stuff. Starting right at the top, let's get to it. The world of DC doesn't seem like we can get away from this. We've been talking about Snyder cuts and Ayer cuts. Look, DC fans have been having a great month. Oh yeah. I mean, this is a great time for us in quarantine. I mean, there's a lot of, I just was writing a thing about Simpsons aspect ratios, and I ended it with just talking about how many wins we had, and it was just like DC win after DC win. So, yeah, they're having a good time. So we're getting the Snyder Cut, and we've all been wondering, like, the larger question behind all our arguments about the Snyder Cut and, you know, does it need to be do had, need to be made? Is it a slippery slope to other things getting made? And all of that is, you know, what is the larger purpose for HBO or HBO, uh, Warner Brothers to kind of be putting all these tens of millions of dollars into this and propping this thing up, is it just, I mean, we last week we were talking about, is it just for the studio to make money? And it's like, yeah, but of course it's also, we said it was the kind of test balloon for the franchise and what happens if this is a success and like, what is this new kind of phase of DC going to be like? Well, we see they're continuing to try to kind of correct the mess of the last uh, wave of executives that rolled through there by now kind of straightening out the other big knot in here, which was the uncertain fate of Henry Cavill's Superman. So what we got is a report that we could confirm last night here at comicbook.com 
that Henry Cavill is coming back to the DCEU, which is an official name now, which we'll get into later, but he's coming back and it, it is not necessarily through the kind of Man of Steel sequel we all have been waiting for. Well, not all of us, some of you are haters, but like through, that some of us have been waiting for and we thought would be the natural kind of place for him to reappear. He's going to be kind of pulling a Mark Ruffalo Hulk by appearing in other DC movies. He'll be in multiple DC movies and kind of uh, just making appearances in there as Superman, which is kind of a, it's kind of an interesting middle ground twist that I was just like, Oh really? I don't think any of us really kind of saw that happening, but uh, what do you guys think about this? Cause I know Jim has thoughts. I know Jim has thoughts about this. <laughs> and so what do you guys right. think about this? And uh, I mean, is it, is it now just inevitable we're getting that man of steel too soon? Well, well Go ahead, Jim. Get the ball rolling. Get the grenade right, rolling. I'll, I'll, I'll get I'll get it rolling. So, <laughs> I mean, look, uh, loyal listeners of Comic Book Nation would know that back when Shazam rolled around, there was a you know was when we 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 learned that Superman was going to be in the post credit scene, and we were wondering whether or not the uh, Superman that would show up would actually be Henry Cavill or Cavill, whatever. And, you know, we had learned all about the uh, contract dispute that was going on at that time. This is basically that deal, right? Where, uh, you know, Henry wanted to, to do more with the character and, you know, they were basically, there was a Cold War standstill kind of thing. And obviously, you know, they, they figured it out. The interesting thing is, is that, Man of Steel 2 seems to be off the table right now where they it looks like they want to use Superman as a utility player, kind of like how Marvel has been using the Hulk, while the Hulk issue is almost completely different because that's a whole rights issue that's that's all tied up that we've talked about here on the yeah. show before. But uh, it, but it's an, it's an interesting thing. I, I almost think, you know, we know Warner Brothers really, really wants J.J. Abrams to do Man of Steel 2. I don't think J.J. Abrams is necessarily there yet or, or, or wants to do it. So, okay, Henry still wants to be Superman. He, he's agreed to, to do this. Uh, you know, when and where does it all make sense? Now, every, all eyes and all fingers are keep pointing to Black Adam, mainly because Cavill's rep is, um, you know, Danny Garcia, obviously, who uh, is a prime player in The Rock's uh, Dwayne Johnson's Seven Bucks Productions. They all share managers, and Black Adam is a Seven Bucks production. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's necessarily where Henry's going to show up first. I think it makes a lot more sense for him to show up in a cameo role in Shazam 2 than anything else. I wouldn't be surprised if he is used in a post credits type scenario. I think wonder woman, I joked yesterday that watch him show up in wonder woman, but I think, um, you know, that, that may be too soon, but I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to work something into, to suicide squad. Right. Like it, it, it just, they had him show up in a zoom call. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah, get at the social distancing cameo. <laughs> but but no, but like but look, like, like the door is is wide open, and I, what I want to hope and believe is that Warner Brothers, AT and T, you know, DC, etc., are fully embracing the fact that DC for decades has played with the idea of a multiverse, and the DC EU can exist as one of those multiverses movies can still be made in, in that sandbox while other movies get made outside of it. So 
um, it, it, it's a really, really interesting time. Like if you were to ask us just a week ago, if we, you know, thought the DC, we'd be talking about the DCEU, I don't think anyone of any of us would have said, oh yeah, like outside of Wonder Woman and Aquaman and maybe the Flash movie that, you know, may I or never may not stopped. Be. I don't believe I never stopped talking <laughs> <laughs> like, like I don't think any of us would have would have really been like, oh the wow. Show has okay. been undercover a loyal DC show for a long time. <laughs> but 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 like but but that's been the biggest thing. Like I like that's always been our hope, right? That like this is a universe that, you know, we we don't let the the stumble of ju- you know, the the theatrical cut of Justice League um, uh, cause and 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 here we are. I mean, it's 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 a fascinating time for DC fans, for um, you know, AT and T, Warner Brothers, the the whole the whole nine yards. Interesting. So I I mean, because I I think Shazam too would actually be a, a very interesting spot, and I do want to make sure like that we point out that because it is. <laughs> It is being if you if you just glance on social media, it's like oh he's back for movies, and he's back in a movie like that's it's a cameo like right now the only grounded thing is that it is a cameo role in like a, one of several projects like that's to the extent that it right. is yes right. we're hearing various rumors about other stuff but he has not been committed for anything else other than in talks for a cameo role in one of these other things so. I am fully on board with the Cavill Superman. Like, I think he's a fantastic Superman. Uh, he's actually probably, if I had to rank them all, he's probably my favorite outside of the Justice League Unlimited Superman because I love that Superman. But like, <laughs> just straight up like physical people, he's probably my favorite Superman. Um, so I'm all on board for that. Uh, I think you're right. I think this is the natural meeting ground between doing a full-on Man of Steel 2, which has been, he's wanted and other people have wanted for a long time. Um, I feel like while it's probably being on hold for several reasons, including the fact that they can't really find a creative team to like mesh all that together, it, it really, they kind of blew it when they did Justice League first. <laughs> uh, they kind of blew that natural lead up because really it, Man of Steel 2 should have been after BVS. And if you really think about it, like it should have been Batman vs Superman. He shouldn't have died in that movie. It should have been then Man of Steel 2, then a proper Batman movie, and then probably a Justice League movie. So the timeline's all weird. If they do the I, multiverse stuff, that's great. But I'm saying I, like I right agree. now it feels weird because it feels regressionist to take the character that was in Man of Steel, which was great, and he was exploring things and then he naturally goes to somewhere in BVS and then all of a sudden to go back words. Cause I mean, even things he's talked about of wanting to revisit with, uh, you know, killing Zod and all that stuff. It seems odd that he would explore that when all this other stuff has happened in between. Like that's the stuff Cavill wants to explore in a sequel. Um, that's the stuff that a lot of people wanted to explore in a sequel. And like they touched on it in BVS, but it wasn't that full blown exploration that you would have wanted because there was all these other things they had to account for. So again, it, it's weird. Like, I don't know what Man of Steel 2 is now. It, we kind of really have to figure out what's happening with all the Snyder Cut stuff. Yeah. Is that canon? Is that not? Well, I think that's, that's the whole kind of thing is what, is what is the kind of about face they're trying to get done here? And why? And where is it trying to bring this franchise? Uh, Jamie, you haven't had a chance. Why don't you weigh in? 
Oh gosh, I don't know if it's salvageable. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I really, really love Henry Cavill, and I would have been more excited if this was a man from Uncle Two announcement. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's, that's really more my speed. Uh, um, but you know, uh, if he wants to do it, I'll watch it. <laughs> that's, um, that's my strong opinion about it. Um, I, I'm, I'm happy that everyone's happy and, uh, uh, I, I love Henry. So, uh, give me the Witcher season two. <laughs> yes. I just, that's my biggest thing is also for this deal is that going with this deal, it gives him plenty of time to film his show. <laughs> <laughs> that's he can do both with this schedule he's not locked into like a crazy marvel like we got to do a movie every couple no months i mean it's, it's he's kind of a really fun guest to pull out whenever people kind of least expect it yeah and yeah he can still do this other stuff because his career has moved on i mean he's got more money on the table than waiting around for all of this and kind of doing that but the thing is also, again, it's, it's a test balloon. Like if Henry Cavill keeps showing up and people are still hyped for more and more Superman and he's in these cameos and maybe something like, like they're building threads with Hulk through all these kind of cameo appearances, there's an actual narrative to him and like what's happening with him. And so they can begin to weave that in and maybe we build our way back up to a Man of Steel too. But he, the important thing is he's back and we establish that he is the Superman in this universe. Like that's what we're committing to, which is where we were stuck with and now we just got to fix this Ben Affleck Batman thing and, and we're good. And then the franchise can really just move ahead. So we'll keep an eye on it and let you guys know what's going on with Henry Cavill and where he'll be uh, showing up in the DCEU. But we're going to move on next to HBO Max. So HBO Max came and it's, ooh, it's probably been like the uh, most whimper, whimpering launch of one of these major streaming services yet oh, except for no quibi's like yeah buddy yeah but nobody's counting on quibi we're talking about just like the real the real people okay i'm gonna say quibi i'm gonna say okay we're not comparing quibi because that's apple and oranges one of them <laughs> oh, we're talking about tv streaming like things that people can grasp my grandpa ain't never gonna get like quibi <laughs> you know you know what i mean so I'll put your grandpa in a box like that. He could love Quibi. He could dark, love Quibi. Look, it's dark to say, but he's already in a box. But let's oh, so <laughs> moving right <laughs> along from that happy topic, Peacock. So Peacock is also out for like Xfinity customers, yeah, but nobody I would knows say that. HBO yeah, Max had a bigger yeah. launch than Peacock. I oh, I mean that's my point. That, that's the caveat. Yes, it did because Peacock <laughs> came and they gave it away free to you people like me, Xfinity. Or, uh, oh, I totally Comcast forgot users. about Peacock. Exactly. I did too. <laughs> and then nobody cared, even though they gave it away free. They were like, "You Comcast user, you want to try this Peacock?" I was like, can I get all this stuff on Hulu with no commercials? Okay, I'm, I'm going to watch my Parks and Rec over there, but that's a whole other argument. It's weird that a lot of the best NBC shows are on HBO Max and not yeah. Peacock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even know what Peacock is at this point. So let's just take that out of the running. Quibi, Quibi picked just the wrong year. Quibi could have been hot if they had picked any other year. Yeah, to it's not its fault. Besides this one, yeah. Um, but HBO Max is here. Um, and, 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 you know... It, it's a pretty good service. The interface is pretty cool. It has, of course, the big selling point was, and we've talked about this because it has HBO, Cinemax, Warner Brothers Library, um, and of course the DC brand is they're going to be building under this. And we've all been talking about like what happens to DC Universe streaming service when HBO Max arrives. And that's been our point of interest. But um, I mean, so far it's come out and it's not bad. So I'm not going to like savage HBO Max, but it made me realize like- The new Looney Tunes are great. Yeah, they are. But they're like, that's a whole service for new Looney Tunes and, I, and I'm I not mean, there yet. Sure. Um, because like 
you know, now I don't think anybody expected us to be this kind of content sensitive or arguably content burned out <laughs> right about now because Ooh. we've all been on lockdown. But like, yeah, I'm like looking over this and I'm like, I've seen Game of Thrones. I've seen True Detective. I've seen Wonder Woman and all these movies before. Like, was there anything like original besides Looney Tunes that HBO Max is really carrying? Uh, right there's now? That, Elmo show. Well, there's that Anna Kendrick rom-com I haven't watched yet. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited well, for that. Right, that's it, right? Like, you <laughs> you launch, not helping like, how do you case. launch a thing without having some, you know, some pretty big, yeah. Originals? Wasn't the Friends reunion originally supposed to be right? Yeah, that would have been the big thing. Yeah. Ooh, so, yeah. so that's that not again its fault because yeah. although yeah. although I, I do have a, a a small bone to pick with um, the interface. Uh -oh. So you can, and this is more just me coming from it as a as a parent angle. Uh, you can set parental controls in uh, you know in the thing, except. So if you go to like to just look at cartoons or animation or whatever, all of it is listed there, like all of their kind of animation stuff. And so if it doesn't fit within your parental control guidelines, like you just you just can't hit it. Right. But it's there. And so, you know, my kid was like, well, why, why isn't that working? Why can't I click into this as opposed to just hiding it from her completely? Oh, God. Now yeah. she wants to watch it. Uh, right. Yeah, they obviously. I mean, who designed that? Because they didn't have kids. Whatever lonely <laughs> Sorry, program. I mean, I would well, who, my, that's who my run small, HBO. <laughs> like, that's my know. small bone to pick with, with the user interface. I'm sure it's something that you know they. they yeah, giving kids a target thing. to try to crack is is never. Sesame smart. Street's on HBO too, right? Yes, yeah. right. It is. Okay. Although I will say, like it was, I we we've been HBO Now subscribers, and all it was, you know, the the uh, we primarily use Apple TVs in our house and uh, all it took was an app update and boom, I was in ready to rock and roll, which was a nice, easy, you know, thing. I didn't have to really search hard for it. Yeah. I mean, we do HBO go. So yeah, there you but go. like, but yeah, but it, it's got a pretty interesting, you know, back catalog of movies. Like I was digging around and I saw all the nightmare on Elm street movies are there. And you know, not that I've been dying to watch the nightmare on Elm street movies, but I found them and I'm like, well, I'd be up to watching these again. Sometimes you just crave dream warriors. I know. Right. I do. Like it's just, it, it's got a better movie back catalog. In my opinion, if you're just looking for something to just kind of scroll through and watch, then I would say Netflix probably does right now. Um, oh yeah. I mean, it, Warner brothers is, that was always, their thing that's what makes them like a big power in the industry is they had that crazy vault of content yeah. and movies and like one of the biggest ones to rival disney and that's why disney started snatching up fox and everything else because fox was like the other big one yeah. um but yeah so yeah the movies are there i guess i'll have to spend some more time on it it's just well, that lack of a, a, like hot original like new stuff is, there are a few weird things being classified in the uh, turner classic movies sub channel which which if you want a, you know a bit of a head scratcher just go there um like i think like you know there's some 80s action movies that are there. i mean though have you watched turner's like if you've just watched the regular cable channel that has been yeah. the case for like it feels like a couple of oh, years has it really yeah like there's so. stuff that pops up and you're like really <laughs> what are we classifying well, I mean, as classic and i think it was just they ran out of stuff and so they just kept filling well, it with, yeah you know, let's not go down this too far because then we have to start talking about like what's on the learning channel and stuff like that. Oh, God. <laughs> history history, history. And, i go to history yeah. for pop stars. history yeah exactly so i will <laughs> yeah. say that like it feels 
just going through the content, like there's content that is interesting to me and, and great. But as Kofi said, like the fact that we've been locked down for a minute and because of that, you just, you search for more stuff and you're inhaling more content all the time. I mean, I already have six streaming services. Uh, yeah, it's getting combined. It, I don't, I looked at this and went, okay. And it's, and it's weird because like, and this comes from partially the fact that like some of the shows that are on HBO Max, I got my fill of when they were on Netflix. Friends is a great example of this. I, I binged the hell out of that when it was on Netflix. I don't need to, it's still fresh in my mind. They, they have a lot of stuff like that and other movies that I've seen recently. So I don't necessarily need to go for that. And the biggest thing is, I mean, I'm going to take such grief for this. I, if I'm going to pick a service between these two for the stuff that they kind of have, I'm going to go DC Universe because at least it has stuff that I haven't, that is quirky and weird, and yeah, it has I mean, all the DC animated not, stuff. Like, when they crazy. merge, HBO Max will get my subscription. Like, whenever that happens, I will subscribe, and it's all in one place. But until then... I'm more likely to keep my DC universe because there's just stuff I care about on there as opposed to just going this route. Yeah, and I think in the end, that's it. It's still, for us especially, it's that DC question. Like, I'm more excited about what JJ's bringing, like all these new DC shows like Green Lantern and stuff, yeah. and what happens when DC uh, universe merges over there and I can watch Titans and all this exactly. stuff in one place. That's like the biggest selling point. Harley Quinn life. and all yeah. that stuff. I, like that will get my dollar. I, I will exactly. subscribe to one of Another big lives. issue for me, I don't, I'm not, it's, you can't watch it on the Roku or the Fire Stick. Yeah, that's um, true. And I watch everything on a Roku, so. Uh, Wait, no Fire Stick? Yeah. Also, props oh. to Roku, by the way, for coming out and being like, hey, by the way, this ain't on us. If that <laughs> was that whole press release was like, this ain't us. We want a deal that benefits us as much as them. They are the holdouts. I was like, dang, Roku. <laughs> like, All right. Well, watch. we'll keep an eye on uh, HBO Max and DC It. Well, here's what it also, just to end, because then we got to take a break. But uh, just to end, HBO Max actually came out, and I don't know if they meant to, but they settled an age-old debate from all of the 2010s, which is what is this DC franchise even called? Um, DCEU was the stupid name that somehow came out of somewhere that everybody then started using and we all started using in like press. Uh, but then it was all like Warner Brothers people screaming like, no, that's not official, blah, 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 blah. But uh, we just used it anyway because they didn't actually ever. I've never seen somebody say it's not like this isn't an official branding name for a thing and then just proceed to never actually make one and like, then the one they gave name. it was lame was it world of worlds of dc or uh, whatever that stick. was none yeah. of us know none of, it didn't stick like no but, eh, who knows? terrible but then okay so now under hbo max though because they have to everything is like a block designed to all these streaming services what you now have is basically a section for the dc stuff that's called dun, 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 dc unit dc extended universe so it's official guys it only it's took real. till 2020, but uh, yeah, we're here. We're, we're here. It's official. So shout out to all my DC Extended Universe people. We won. A great victory. All right. So when we come back, we are going to get into a little bit of trailer talk. Then we're going to break down Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s return and the new Star Wars comic, Dr. Afra. So stay tuned for all of that.
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right. I'm going to try to shift my light over here because things have gotten dark and ominous in the land of Tennessee. <laughs> oh, man. There we go. And I want you guys to be able to, like, you know, see me and not, like, be creeped out like I'm just over here like some kind of weird Sith Lord talking to you. So we're going to go with the under flashlight look today. Oh. If you're not listening, if you're just oh, okay. listening to this, this doesn't mean anything to you. So just enjoy it. It's moody show. lighting. I like it. Also, yeah. I like how Spider-Man is now part of the treat. Of the treehouse. He's just rocking out. All right. So, like I said, last week we were supposed to kind of have this whole talk. We were excited. We're going to have this hot show talking about the air cut and all this stuff. And we were all sweating, like, as we were building up to show that we were waiting for this (laughs) trailer. We had show notes and everything all built for this. And then Nolan screwed me because he dropped his trailer on Fortnite instead. And, yeah, so... We didn't get a chance to talk about Tenet because it came out like right after we were recording last week. And uh, yeah, we just forgot on Tuesday because we had other bigger stuff to kind of fish to fry. But let's just discuss real quick. So this Tenet trailer is out. This is Nolan's next Inception style movie. Uh, John David Washington is playing this kind of agent alongside Robert Pattinson, who has to help stop World War III or some such kind of cataclysmic event. But it's not like nuclear annihilation apparently there's some kind of new threat for the next world war that we're going to find out i feel like it's going to have something to do with like enhanced time stuff or i don't know what it is but of course like nolan there's always these kind of heist or espionage setups with some kind of unusual sci-fi twist to it and in tenet we've all been trying to kind of figure out like what are these sequences where we see where it's basically like reverse time um that john david the character's Uh, John David Washington's character goes through in kind of action sequences that show like a shootout that's happened. And then there he's like, they're like Robert Pattinson's like, what's happened here? And he's like, Oh, it hasn't happened yet. And then the shootout starts happening in reverse to them. And so this trailer, second trailer kind of explains more of the mystery of what that's about in a very typical Nolan way of exposition, heavy scenes where he goes to a shooting range and the kind of scientists he's talking to, kind of explains basically how his kind of time manipulation powers work um, by having him fire a bullet into a kind of a standard target down the range. But instead it happens in reverse where the bullet comes out of the target and back into his gun and the casing like flies back into his gun. And she explains like something along the lines of, Oh, you're not shooting the bullet. You're actually catching it. And he gives the old Neo matrix. Whoa. Like, you know, 
And so basically what this is, is just like, yeah, this idea that he can see the future or communicate with the future and kind of reverse the flow of time at certain points, uh, which he uses, of course, for his kind of espionage thing. Like he can scale a wall that he jumped down on, like that he repelled down in reverse and they go flying up the wall or there's a car crash and the car kind of reverses crashes. And so this was an interesting premise for this movie. Um, and I'm just, I, as always, you wonder if no one's going to be able to land this plane. And in this case, kind of literally, because there is a whole sequence of a plane kind of crashing through a hangar. But uh, what did you guys think of this trailer? Did you like it? Are you excited for this? Matt, are you willing to risk your life yet to go out to theaters and see this movie? Um, uh, well, so, okay. I love, absolutely love the premise like the premise of the inverse, what they're calling it, right? Uh, of having like that being the, the whole principle of everything like plays out differently and all that. That's really cool. I like that it's not time travel. I think that part's awesome. And it's weird to like feel that excited about a premise and also not care one lick about the rest of the movie. <laughs> like I don't, I, nothing, it's weird. Cause like there's some cool setups uh, the plane thing that you mentioned is like a cool sequence. It's funny. It's Pattons is like explaining it and all this other stuff like that. There's stuff in here that's like good, but like as a whole, everything but the the core premise of that inverse process, it just feels very like been there, done that. It, it doesn't feel full of any personality or life. It's just very... I don't know. It just it just didn't grab me at all. And but it's just like, man, the premise is great. Like no one's really good at that. Uh, I imagine when you see the full movie, it will play a lot better, and maybe some of those parts will liven up, and maybe there will be some personality. But like the far-reaching parts of this plot, the the character, like nothing, nothing grabbed me at all. It felt just very boring. No, I mean, but that part's cool. I love. I that. took a lot of heat for writing about this, but no one's very like when Interstellar came out, and I kind of like did a breakdown on why I what I thought was wrong with that movie and which was it, it basically to me, I think I made the comparison of like, it sounded like Chris Nolan was making a love letter to his kids, but instead of like reading them bedtime stories, he would read them like astrophysics novels, <laughs> their bedtime stories. And that's like how I imagine him as like <laughs> hanging out with his kids. Um, because like, yeah, I mean, there is something cold and cerebral about Nolan movies in their constructions and that makes makes them at at once fun and kind of in arguably open for criticism like i just rewatched inception and at the time we were all so enamored with inception that like you couldn't say anything bad about inception to anybody otherwise the public would just tear you apart which i saw happen to several critics um but you know with time you realize and you go back and you're like so this is a movie about dreaming and it's probably is the most kind of boring movie about not like saying inception's boring because i love that movie but yeah in terms of this being a world of dreams this mm -hmm. is the like who dreams like this because these are the most boring <laughs> it's like again like i feel like you fell asleep reading like an engineer's <laughs> manual and like you you just had dreams about like formulas and that's inception it's a version of dreaming and so like yeah, I mean, it is getting to be a thing with Nolan. Like, like, yeah, I mean, none of these characters, and he kind of like makes people almost like robotic in their in their kind of behavior, so that like nobody does have personality. The most person, the person who has the most personality is Robert Pattinson putting yeah. on this weird accent, and like that's the most charismatic thing in this whole trailer. So that I mean, I I, I feel you on that. He's I, what I'm excited for. 
I, I'm I'm 100% in it for Robert Pattinson. Um, he just keeps proving himself, like the lighthouse, high life. He's he's such a good actor, and um, and it's been a while since he's been in like this kind of like a big movie, and um, and I'm curious. That's he he's the number one draw for me. Um, also, I hope that we get to see it on in on the big screen because I think that's the really the only great thing about Nolan's movies is that they they look amazing. I saw Interstellar at home and that was like one of the biggest regrets of my life. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the studio will have to tranquilize him and, and put him in a, like a storage drawer before he would ever <laughs> allow them to like put out his thing on HBO yeah. Max or some crap like that. He's like, he's like, are oh, you going to buy everybody in America 60 inch TVs? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, like it's just it. I, I never, I never really enjoy Nolan's trailers. Um, they always, they to me, they never really like. Like they ask too many questions. Like I'm like trailer trailers supposed to, you know, leave you asking questions or whatnot. But I think the Christopher Nolan ones leave you asking too many questions. That I'm just like. If to me it feels like nothing in this trailer is being represented the way that I think it will potentially play out in the movie, and so that's why I'm just like, uh, I don't care. I'll just watch it. Uh, but also too, like, there's something about this movie with kind of the the aesthetics for it that outside of the idea of t- like the way that they're showing time isn't really grab like doesn't really grab me uh like you know at least with inception you know they had the visuals of you know the world kind of folding in on itself and you know you know that kind of stuff where like i'm all about that like that kind of nolan stuff this stuff not that it feels safe i just i don't know if it's uh as interesting as i potentially hope it would be i'll still watch it because you know i'm i don't think i'm out you know interstellar you know uh on its own. I got I generally like his movies, but I don't know. It's no, I mean, this one, more yeah, the visuals, they, I think they're resting too hard on the premise of this, this whole, yeah. and it's like, I get it. You got more money for another, like a <laughs> mental reverse type deal, but like, yeah, the, they haven't shown off and you know, Nolan likes to sometimes hold things back for his third trailers where those are the big, like crazy explosive ones and stuff. And to be fair, we did have two people go to the actual IMAX like preview of this movie. Uh, Charlie did and Nick did, I believe. And they said it was awesome. And it was just like a high octane kind of action, high sequence within that the kind of gimmick plays into it really well. Um, so, so far it seems like it's going to be kind of a good pulse pounding time. So I'm not going to, you know, come down too hard on this, but this trailer for as long as we had to wait and as built up as it was, it was kind of a, you know, I was just like, is that it? All right. Yeah. I think that hurt it. And too. like, like with Nolan, like there's some, I think Nolan does need some like editing help. I've kind of gotten, and I'm not gonna, and I'm going to get, you know, savage for this, but like there are things in that trailer that aren't, again, aren't as clear and kind of muddled that mm-hmm. I think would be really cool if you could understand them a little bit better. Like right. the whole sequence in the beginning with uh, Elizabeth Debicki's character, where she's, if it takes you like three watches to realize that, you know, he's fighting in this restaurant to kind of catch her. And she's just kind of casually walking out of the restaurant. And she like goes out into the alleyway, gets in her car and kind of gets away. And by the time he kind of like walks out there, having kind of fought his way through the restaurant and she's already driving away. And I was like, well, that would have been like a lot cooler 
and if you just told me like that's an actual action sequence that you know somebody's doing and that's a cool kind of expression of their characters and it's just it there is a lot of just kind of he just does this he loves to just take the footage shake it up in a jar out until it's all jumbled up out of order and be like okay now you can't guess what my movie's about and it's like bro our relationship has evolved at this point like you know we're all coming to this anyway so just you know give us a little bit more to hang our hat on so yeah i hope the next trailer does a little bit better all right so that's tenant now we're getting into our deep dive section and this week first up we're going to be talking about the return of marvel's agents of shield for the final season plus we got a new star wars comic that we got to talk about so we're going to talk about that too all right, so let's talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Jamie Jarek, you're up. We're back, and uh, things where we left off uh, last season is basically the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. averted Earth getting destroyed by the Chronicrons, which are these kind of like me- mechanical race. But they had to go back in time, and now we're doing a time travel kind of back through the MCU, back to the future type deal. And uh, what do you think of this premiere, Jamie Jarek? Uh, and we're going to be talking uh, full spoilers like, at this point. Yes, spoilers. Yeah. Okay. I, spoilers. I thought it was a great premiere. <laughs> um, it especially um, you knew it was coming. They released a lot of you knew Patton Oswalt was going to be in there. Um, you you knew from the trailer that they were going to need to save Hydra, which is kind of how the the big twist at the end, which we knew was coming. But even still, it was it was fun. It felt it had a lot of Agent Carter vibes. Um, I think they're definitely get even though it's you know takes place nearly 20 years before even Carter this episode um you can you can tell that they're like getting us excited for that upcoming crossover um and it was it was just really nice to see Coulson back even though he's an LMD um just uh having him back it it felt right and I enjoyed Sarge last season um it was fun to watch Clark Greg play like a rugged zaddy I always that's what we always call him um uh but having the real Coulson back for the final season is what the show needed and you can tell they're having fun with um with the time travel stuff they're all just having a good time yeah i mean i agree i actually liked the fact that this final season seems to be taking and merging the shows like uh agent carter and agents of shield into kind of like one synth like kind of one stylistic synthesis because i did like both shows and i and i very much liked agent carter so I'm kind of glad to be back in that aesthetic and that kind of period piece aesthetic and still have the kind of espionage spy stuff and, and still the modern intrigue of, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because, yeah, this one got like, I was surprised by how much I was kind of happy to be back. I didn't really like the final arc of last season with the whole shrieks and the whole kind of Coulson alternate you know Sarge or whatever his name was. That whole stuff was mm-hmm. kind of, it got a little Suicide Squatty in the end there. But um, yeah, I was kind of happy. I was surprised by how happy I was to go back to this and how they kind of just the fun and the camp of it, of them going on back in time and putting on period costumes and making jokes out of like things like Mac trying to walk around in that time period and people, you know, like racial attitudes being what they are, him having to kind of deal with crap all day. Um, Colson, the LMD thing, they kind of succinctly got through and, and kind of set up intrigue about in a way that isn't stupid about him kind of facing, you know, what it means that he died and to be this kind of artificial being. I mean, spoilers, this kind of stuff that Picard's now doing, you know what I mean? And so like, it was interesting and the villains, the chronicrons and 
this whole thing they do, the creepy face stealings technology, they burned off somebody's face to copy his identity, which is a little extra in terms Oof, of, you yeah. know, stealing identity, but like, you know, it was good and it made them feel kind of threatening and ominous. And when they show up, um, it's cool. And, you know, it's great. Chloe Bennett's really, I mean, she's probably come further along than just about anybody I've ever seen. Agreed. I was so terrible in the beginning and she's now it's like, it's really, it gets real badass whenever she steps on screen. So that was kind of cool to see her give somebody like a quake uppercut and stuff oh. like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this season was surprisingly, it hooked me. And even though I knew the Hydra twist was coming, it was still kind of cool to find out, you know, who that one actor was playing and like how he was part of Hydra and now how they have to kind of go through this back through the history of Hydra and shield, which was always the thing that finally made the show click in season one mm-hmm. when uh, winter soldier came out and then, the tie-ins to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. were how them having to survive Hydra's big kind of reveal of being behind S.H.I.E.L.D. So, yeah, man, I was actually pleasantly surprised by how much fun it was to be back with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, J- Jamie, I have, a, uh, I have a theory that both Matt and Kofi like to give me grief uh, about, about uh-huh. this show. That, and so I'd like to, to get your thoughts uh, and opinion. Okay. Let's hear it. Uh, if, if this show ends and it all is just a Coulson dream, would you be really upset? Oh, I'd be livid. <laughs> they can't do that. I, uh, I've, I, I have, an, a, like, because I like to get tattoos of the things, the shows and stuff I like, and I have a number one rule that you can't get a tattoo until the show's over. All the people that have Khaleesi tattoos. Um, uh-huh. And, uh, and I, I might scrap my tattoo idea if that was. <laughs> but I don't think right. it would. My, my theory is that this is all has all been Tahiti, and it's going to wake well, up with Coulson of, back um, in the MCU. that in the 100th episode. Yeah. I know. Um, That's why I was like, I'm thinking this this has all but, been but, Tahiti and it's a way to get Coulson back mm-hmm. into the MCU. You're wrong. I mean, there's a time travel premise. We don't even have to do that. They can invalidate their own show through time travel. Yeah, I do not. I don't. And I also, um, Jed and Mo, I, I trust them so much and, and they care about the character so much. I don't think that they, I think it's a cop out. I don't think they would do it. Yeah, Jim. They would get savaged <laughs> by their like... <laughs> That has a smooth, like, it may not be the biggest fan base, but they are loyal. I've been in those comic cons when episodes are screened. People love that show. And if they were like, if they pulled some biggie, it was all a dream type deal at the it end. It was all like, a dream. The only way you could do that is if you actually close the show on B.I.G. But anyway, like, <laughs> also listening, just jamming out to B.I.G. But anyway, like, in all seriousness, no, people would riot. Like, yeah. and like I said, you don't, there's a way to fix this MCU timeline because Maybe. now they've created a new timeline or they will create a new timeline potentially. I, I guarantee it'll end with them having to accept the fact that they've created some new timeline that they're in and accept it as a better so. one that they, oh, it, uh, they run it or they run into Cap and Cap is the MCU guest while Cap is going back in time to return stones or is living out his life. That, I mean, it would be cool. Now, see, that would be cool. Like, that would be a cool MCU crossover to find out that because of their actions and, like, where they end up, they end up in the timeline where Sharon Carter and, and or Peggy like, Carter. They, like, they run into a... Rogers uh, there. They run into a slightly older, but not old man Cap. Dude, they should do I, the Dark Knight Rises thing where Coulson's at a cafe and he looks <laughs> at him. It's just Steve and oh Peggy my God. over they there. Should. And Steve just nods at him and he just nods at him and they like get up and walk away. That would be great. Now that, okay, I will completely endorse that. Like, I want that to happen now, kind of, if that's the thing. Um, that's a fair guess, only because last night in an interview, Jed made a comment about um, how like certain loose ends dealing with, made with Susa are going to get 
tied up. And, and that was a big bummer because him and Peggy had a romance and then all of a sudden, oh, she's with Cap. And I'm curious, maybe this is an alternate timeline where Peggy and um, Agent Sousa get to have a little happy ending too. I'd, I'd enjoy that. Oh, oh and... I think it'd be riots if Peggy ends up with anybody else. The end game. Uh... I mean, I don't know. Alternate timelines. Be all listening. It's all, all possible in the Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Multiverse. So I mean, yeah, it's it's good, but uh, I, yeah, I don't think so, Jim. I don't think they're gonna. I mean, I, I call this in the show notes the middle child of Marvel TV, and I think it'll be that. But I don't think they can completely shuffle it off to the side as just a dream. That that'd be terrible. But um, yeah, no, the Coulson, the Dark Knight Rises ending would be my favorite. I would just be like, or if Capture sitting out mm-hmm. and he got his card signed or something like that, that'd be awesome. Oh. oh. Oh, that's really sweet. Oh my God. Now I want that to happen. That's really good. <laughs> that's a good one. It would be nice if the Avengers finally learned Coulson was alive, even though he's yeah, not. I mean, that's why it'd be a great ending, too. Like, Captain that's realized. what I mean. It's all going to be a dream. Oh, don't start. <laughs> that was it. That's how they fit him back <laughs> like into I'm the kinda, I'm joking with the Dark Knight Rising. Bring thing, Shield but I'm not. back. How because does. It'd be, oh, it'd be great because Coulson and Cap would both know that they're not supposed to be there and be like living out this life but Coulson's already always been like nostalgic about all this stuff and Cap obviously has a life back in this time and so they wouldn't even have to say anything you just kind of like head nod and just you know, this is Jim's new ways. mutants Charlie like he's gonna <laughs> oh. die on this hill like Charlie's dying on the hill he's gonna die on this hill. and then all of a sudden Coulson like like the post credit scene of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is gonna be Coulson on the space station that Fury's on uh just being like all right what's next all right. Well, we're gonna see how it goes. We guys are gonna keep the possibilities are endless. I don't hate yeah. that actually. That's yeah, it is. Problem. We have a marvelous. Well, right, yeah, because it involves your girl Carol. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I mean, yes, but whatever. That's true. It's a good ending. All right. Well, we're gonna keep an eye on this because Agents of Shield, like we said, is like our only big TV on right now. So it has the honor of now taking and occupying a featured spot in this show. Can we celebrate so, that we got that excited? Like we had a whole discussion over Agents of Shield. We haven't done that in. I have been. I have been one of the big. Like I know Jamie Jarek has been great. a huge Shield fan. I have always been a, a big Shield fan. It's had its ups and downs, but it is still one of the better superhero shows uh, on television. I would watch. A season or oh an episode God. of Here Agents of Shield over any over any episode post season one of The Flash. Okay, oh. that wasn't as controversial as I thought. Yeah. It was be. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, like almost all the CW shows outside, like Legends is the only one that I would put above <laughs> Shield. But other Legends. than that, like that's it. Whew, man, all that right. wasn't well, as controversial as I thought it was. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's <laughs> fine. That's that's okay. Not not. I mean, there are a lot of people who would agree with you. So, yeah, we're going to be keeping up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, all its possible MCU ties and surprises in the final season because, I mean, what's left to lose? All right, moving on from that. Star Wars. Let's talk Star Wars. Well, first I want to talk about, uh, real quick, uh, just a shout-out to what you can be watching on Netflix. If you guys haven't caught it, Uncut Gems is out on Netflix now, which was uh, the Safety Brothers, and we were just talking about, uh, what was that, High Life? Yes. Or good times, good times. Good time. Well, I didn't bring up yeah. good time, but yes. Yeah, good time. Um, basically, these guys have really broken out. They did Robert Pattinson in Good Time, which was this movie about him and his kind of special needs brother pulling a heist and having it all go horribly wrong as he tries to kind of con his way out of this horrible situation. And and yeah, it doesn't go so great for him. 
But uh, they also made Uncut Gems, which was the movie that actually had people legitimately talking about giving Adam Sandler an Oscar, um, where he plays a kind of shady guy in New York's Diamond District who kind of gets this offer to make a piece for Kevin Garnett, who stay who stars in the movie as well, and uses that as his opportunity to hustle. He's a gambling addict and hustle and make all these high stakes bets where basically he puts everything on the line to kind of kind of win this bet and this money um, with this weird bond he has with KG. And uh, yeah, it, it is kind of a, it's a great movie. The Safdie brothers make these kind of gritty urban kind of crime thrillers uh, about kind of very morally compromised people. And Adam Sandler does a great job in this movie playing this kind of shady New York diamond district dealer guy who's just, I mean, in every way, just kind of, corrupt in just about every kind of way you can think of across the course of this movie you find out from uh, the mistress he keeps and you know how he treats his family and to basically everybody he lies and cheats and, and that he's supposed to be dealing with and, and and it's a pretty great movie so check that out because you probably heard the buzz but it's on netflix now uh uncut gems all right so star wars let's talk dr afra we were all kind of this dr afra has become a talking point here because we were wondering what this new Leslie Headland Star Wars TV show would be all about. And there were two main characters we kind of centered on as great subjects for a TV series uh, live action. And that was, of course, Ahsoka Tano and, from Clone Wars. But the other one was Dr. Afra, who's become a kind of quick rising star on the page. And if you don't know, uh, Dr. Afra is this kind of hotshot scientist, archaeologist in the Star Wars universe who was hired by Darth Vader during the Imperial days to kind of track down Sith artifacts for him. And she did this for a while, but when she kind of, you know, felt the moral compromise of that tugging at her, she broke ranks with Vader, uh, which is not a good thing to do as a career move, as it <laughs> pretty much sets you up with a pretty big target on your back to have the, uh, one of the great, you know, worst Sith Lords of all time gunning for you. And so, this Marvel comic series that has just started, basically, she's been in other comics, but this one picks up with kind of her after her split from Vader and kind of on the run and trying to find work and kind of get by. And it's, it was actually strangely timely in this. Uh, she's going through the kind of recession we all are right now. Um, and so this was kind of a weird, timely read. But I, I, I liked it. I had not kind of encountered a Dr. Afra comic before. I got a couple more pages to finish. I've been busy today, but... Uh, just from like the initial scene, the first scene pretty much sets the stage pretty perfectly where she kind of like rips off an Imperial cargo transport, screws over some old friends of hers, like, and has to kind of make an escape with this ragtag crew she's got with her. Uh, and it kind of shows off her intelligence and her attitude as this kind of anti-hero of the Star Wars universe. And yeah, I'm kind of intrigued. So I, I, I definitely want to go back and read the other stuff and see like who she is because yeah, this is a pretty fun character and a pretty fun comic and a pretty fun corner of the star Wars universe that you don't really see accessed very often. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Matt wasn't crazy about this. No, no, I, I definitely, I definitely was actually. Uh, and um, I think Patrick uh, who reviewed it for us, uh, which you can check out his full review on comicbook.com, uh pegged it that this is actually the, while it might not be as deep as some as the previous series, which really got into a lot of lore and a lot of the Vader stuff, um, I think this is actually a absolutely perfect jumping on point for anybody who has been kind of curious, has heard the name, but doesn't really associate anything with her, 
And if you really want a bite-sized example of like what this character is about, what this kind of quirky supporting cast is, and just really fun. I, I think uh, uh, what Mando really nailed for a lot of Star Wars fans in The Mandalorian, it has that same kind of adventure vibe. And, and some people really liked that aspect of, uh, you know, uh, the last Star Wars film um, as the beginning and not kind of the stuff towards the end. So like that feel, if you are a fan of that kind of tone, I think you'll really like this because again, it's really fun just seeing like all the brutal honesty throughout the first, especially the first couple of pages, but like throughout the first half of the book, you're constantly meeting people that she's either screwed over, betrayed, left on a planet, <laughs> almost shot. Like it's, she's kind of unabashed. And even one of the guys, which by the way, I can never pronounce Star Wars names in this cast is like so many Star Wars names. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing correctly, but I just appreciate that one is literally called Just Lucky. Like that's his name and he's the sniper. And like at one point, uh, like you wouldn't leave me here. He's like, oh yeah, you would. And then she's literally honest about like, I'll leave you like I did on that last planet. And like they work together because he's like, I love, it's never personal with you. It's always just business, but like it's jovial. It's not, she's not super serious all the time. She's kind of sarcastic. So there's a lot of that in this, in this book. And it's just really fun. And I also kind of dig that, um, you know, there's really not much of a mention of Jedi. Aside from Vader, there's not a mention of Sith. It, it, that's not really what this book or her kind of corner of the universe deals with a ton. It's straight up the fun kind of smuggling uh, with her being an archaeologist. It's about finding all this rare stuff that, you know, lets her get paid. But all the, the cast builds up throughout the, the book in a very kind of organic way of like, okay, well, here's a person that got burned on this. She's probably going to want something out of it. And it's like this wheeling and dealing constant thing of assembling this group. It's just really fun. It's a, it's a ragtag group and I, I dig it. Again, it's not as deep as some of uh, the material that's come before, but I really think if you're looking to try out the character, you couldn't do better. All right, anybody else? No. All right, so that's Star Wars, Dr. Affer. You can check that out. It's now out as we're getting a slow trickle of comic books returning <laughs> to us and they are very welcome. So we'll have a full breakdown of next week's books as usual. So stay tuned for all of that. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you all for tuning in to our latest quarantine arc episode. If you're just getting now, if you're just now getting into the show while you've been on lockdown, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com, where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates about new episodes. Or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, iHeartRadio. You can tell Amazon Alexa devices to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast for you, or you can see our smiling faces on the comicbook.com YouTube page. If you want to talk to us, drop any topics, or just reach out and say what's up, you can always find us at the hashtag Comic Book Nation, and you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. Go ahead, Jamie. Oh, at Jamie Cinematics. And you find me at Jim Viscardi. That'll do it for this episode. As always, one day, sometime, in a future away from here, we will be back in our office. And when we do, we're going to take over Jim's job for like a good month by sending out an entire fleet of T-shirts to, to people, not anybody, but people who leave five-star reviews on iTunes for us. So uh, a lot of you have been doing that throughout the quarantine lockdown period. 
Thank you so much. Continue to leave those five-star reviews on iTunes because when we get back, it's going to be T-shirt-orama, baby. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in once again, and we will see you next time. Peace. Deuces.